0: psalm 67 and we'll read this short psalm together may the Lord bless it to us God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon earth Thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise Thee, O God. Let all the people praise Thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For Thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the people praise Thee, O God. Let all the people praise Thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Amen. May God bless his word to our hearts, for Jesus' sake. This morning we're going to consider the first three verses of this psalm as our text and may the lord be pleased to help us as we consider these things together before we go further let's ask the lord to bless his word to us father in heaven now we would pray that you will take the word of god and through the power of the spirit of god apply it to our hearts may we be those who have ears to hear hearts to hold minds to understand Lord, I pray that you will help then everyone who's in this place today to know a visitation of the shepherd. Lord, may we know indeed your voice amongst us today. Lord, to this end, I pray that you will help me. Lord, I pray that you will help me, as it were, to get out of the way. Lord, we pray that you will direct all thoughts, all words, that Christ Jesus truly would be the one who is preached on and preached of this day for the glory of his own name, for the glory of the Father, for the glory of the Holy Spirit. And we pray it all in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. This morning I'm going to speak to you on what I am calling the foundation and fulfilling of Aaron's blessing. With that in mind, I suggest to you that we are going to be considering today what may be the greatest blessing that is found in the scripture. Now there are hundreds of blessings that God's word offers that are powerful that are comforting and foster great hope. Some of these are very general in nature, and some are very personal. That is, it's given to a specific person for a specific reason. However, there is one blessing that stands forward as great and shining for all those whose God is the Lord. That blessing is found in Numbers chapter 6. If you want to turn there, I'm going to read a few short verses from that chapter. But herein is the great blessing given of God to be pronounced over the heads of his people. We read in verse 23 of Numbers chapter 6. The Lord says to Moses, Speak unto Aaron. And unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee, and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee, and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And I will bless them. This blessing that we have just read is commonly referred to as Aaron's blessing. It is Aaron's, though, only and that it was his to utter first at the instruction of the Lord. Additionally, the blessing is not limited either in divine purpose or in time, to Aaron or to his sons. It is, in fact, a foundational blessing, which echoes in the scriptures. And we have an example of that in our text, particularly if you look at verse 1. God be merciful to to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine Upon us. Before we consider the blessing and its intent. I want us to notice some general observations. First. The first offering of the blessing. Was from the mouth. Of the high priest. Here is the pronouncement of the blessings that come from the one. Given the task. Of offering for sin. And showing the way of atonement. Now that's no small point. The blessing is first a blessing of freedom from sin. God's face cannot shine. While the issue of sin still exists. The high priest. Was the first to offer the blessing. Second. The echo of the same blessing is offered by a king. Here is heard the desire of the one who reigns that all that have been given to him to rule would know acceptance and owning by God. For God's face to shine is for God to accept. And here I offer two verses. Consider how it applies. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You have a prayer of a king. You have a blessing of a king. Third, David The one who offers the words of this psalm is said to be a prophet in Acts chapter 2. Verse 30 of that chapter says, Therefore being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. David is called a prophet. So I say to you that the whole of the blessing that we're considering proceeds from the mouth of priest, king, and prophet. This being true, can we see from whom this blessing really comes? It is the blessing of the threefold anointed one. So... I suggest that the blessing that we have here that we're talking about is a blessing that is founded in and founded on the person and the work of the Lord Jesus and therefore cannot go unfulfilled. you hear what I'm saying? This blessing of God upon his people that in fact was indeed an offering of a blessing truly most particularly from the Lord Jesus himself cannot go unfulfilled. So I suggest as my subject this. That the ironic blessing is the blessing of the Lord Jesus that he pronounces over all that are his own. Now I want us to consider this blessing this morning. And note a few things. That I hope the Lord will use to encourage our hearts. I first want to ask the question, when was this blessing offered? When was this blessing offered? So the key word there is when. Well, we might ask ourselves, how can we limit the call of blessing upon the heads of those given to Christ by covenant to just one time or one instance? Well, you can't. There was not just one single moment In fact, if you take the work and the words of the Lord Jesus, we'd have to say that all of the life and all of the words of the Lord Jesus were in fact the bestowing of this blessing. Well, you think right from the very start when the heavens were opened and the angels were heard by the shepherds and there was a pronouncement of this great blessing, peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. This was in fact. A shining. Of the face of God. This was. In fact. A part. Of the fulfilling. Of this great blessing. When Christ taught. Or when he freed sinners. From the crippling afflictions. It was in fact a bestowal. Of the blessing. We might say even more particularly that the prayer of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 17 offered in the short time before he went to the cross was an echo of this blessing. Look at that with me if you will. John chapter 17. I'm going to read you just a few verses that indeed perhaps are the very explanation. The giving of a fullness of how this blessing is applied. John chapter 17, verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which also shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me. And that they may be perfect in one. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me. And hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory. Which thou hast given me For thou lovest me Before the foundation of the world O righteous Father The world hath not known thee But I have known thee And these have known That thou hast sent me And I have declared unto them Thy name And will declare it That the love wherewith thou hast loved me May be in them And I In them Surely, I would say that this high priestly prayer that we read in John chapter 17, as it is called a high priestly prayer, was full of the blessing that we have presented to us in number 6. But also see this about Christ's priestly work. When the face of God shone upon us as sinners whose sins had just been lifted, so also the face of God was darkened upon one that was made our sin. Oh, here is the fulfilling. The cry of Christ from Calvary. Why hast thou forsaken was the time when the shining face of God was removed from the atoning one and shone on the atoned. The Lord lifted up. The Lord accepted. In that time when the Lord Jesus pronounced that he himself realized his being made sin for us. And in that very same moment, when the veil was rent, There was the everlasting fulfillment of the high priest's blessing. Understand this. Aaron could never have offered the blessing had not that Aaron did at the altar been seen. Unless there was the sacrifice, unless there was the atoning, then Aaron's blessing could not have ever been pronounced. Because the blessing was tied to the work. So I say to pronounce the blessing. Is to pronounce the mercy of God. By sins being removed. And God's smile being seen. God smells that sweet savor. Of a perfect sacrifice. And is well pleased. So I say the when. Really. Really comes down to what the Lord Jesus praised and did for us by his atoning work. Which leads me then to a second question. How was this blessing obtained? How was this blessing obtained? The blessing of Numbers 6 and Psalm 67 was a blessing that was bought It was not just a beneficent wish. It wasn't just that Aaron said, Oh, I hope the people of God will know the shining face of God upon them. I hope the Lord will give you peace. I hope the Lord will give you graciousness. May that be your portion. I'm wishing this for you. That doesn't have anything to do with the blessing that Aaron was instructed to give at all. The blessing, and in fact, I emphasize this to you. The blessing, the Aaronic blessing, did not originate with Aaron he was told to offer these words exactly such thoughts of a blessing of this magnitude indeed the shining face of God never entered into any man's mind further that the Lord would bless and keep that the Lord would be gracious and give peace were not blessings that any man could ever bestow Such a blessing came entirely from outside of the heart of a man. Aaron simply saying that was not going to do a thing. But we must also note that it was Aaron who was instructed to give this blessing. It was Aaron that was to give this blessing. You say, what's your point? My point is this. It was not Moses that was to give this blessing. Moses could not give this blessing. It was Aaron that was to give the blessing. Aaron was the high priest that labored with all that spoke of sacrifice and the penalty of sin. He was a picture of the truth that acceptance with God was by the suffering of a substitute. So too was the message of Abel's sacrifice. Cain's act sacrifice sought to obtain the shining face of God by the works of the hands. If the blessing had come from Moses, it would have been the same thing. What does Paul tell us in Galatians chapter 2? He says this, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even when we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, And not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. My point to you is this. Moses could not pronounce such a blessing. For he stood as the Scripture's picture of the law. By the works of the law. Shall no flesh be justified? But Moses, and here's no small point, Moses, as the picture of the law, could stand and justly, lawfully, and righteously instruct that the blessing must be pronounced by Aaron as the blood was accepted for sin. Will you say? What are you saying? I'm saying this Moses the law says it is right it is just it is completely appropriate that the ironic blessing be pronounced by the one who deals with the offering for sin because by the doings of the law there is no such blessing there's only condemnation So I say the blessing of God and hear me on this the blessing of God has nothing to do with the outward workings of any man. The law cannot bring the smile of God upon us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. My question to you this morning is Why do we still try? Why do we still try? Why do we even tell one another that God's smile will come upon you as you do? As you live a certain way, as you have certain habits, or as you employ certain spiritual techniques to life? Why is it that we preach to ourselves that God's blessing comes based on what you do? Here's the point. By the works of the law, by you doing these things, God's smile never comes to you. But when there is the pronouncement of the priest who is not tied to you and your works, when the priest offers the sacrifice, Holds the blood up. The Father is well pleased with that. And says I will bless. I will smile on all to whom that blood is applied. Oh see. The smile of God. The blessing of God. The lifting up of the countenance of God. The keeping of God. The graciousness of God is something that comes by blood by the blood of the Lord Jesus as it has been applied to us and my point that I started this service with is this that when Christ Jesus pronounces that blessing it cannot go unfulfilled now I have a third question and it is this why was this blessing bestowed Why was this blessing bestowed? Well, you have the answer to that question in verse 2 of our text. That thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all the nations. The reason why this blessing is bestowed was for the glory of God of King Jesus and for the furtherance of his gospel. The way of the Lord the psalmist says or the saving health is the message of salvation born out in those that are blessed of the Lord. Let me say that again. The way of the Lord or the saving health is the message of salvation that is borne out, that is shown, that is demonstrated, that is displayed in those that are the blessed of the Lord. For that reason, the Lord Jesus simply tells to us, and I think everybody here can quote this verse, Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There's been something that's been implanted in you. There's something that has begun in you. There is a light in you that is now to shine forth. There's a reason why God wants you to have your light shining forth. Why? The men might see what that light does. The power that's behind that light. And glorify God. Understand this. Any light, any grace, any goodness, any mercies that are evident and viewable in your life. Let's just call what I just said, light. Any light that you have in you that shines out before men is a reflected light. It's not an original light to you. It's reflected. The mercy that has been bestowed and the face that shines on us is to be a means through which our God is glorified and in His saving of sinners through Christ. Now, let me not be misunderstood. Yes, the blessings of God, though they are enjoyed and uphold the child of God, are not bestowed only to be realized by the believer. You say, what are you saying? this all grace and all blessing has an effect that reaches beyond the one who is blessed do you understand that when God blesses you he doesn't mean for it just to be a blessing to you only that you can take and put in a little bottle and remember it all to yourself and never have it affect anybody else around you no sir Grace is not, the word I would use here is unilateral. It does not only affect one. But grace has its effect outside. When God is gracious to you, it's going to have an effect outside of you. When God blesses you, it's going to have an effect outside of you. Let's think about this. When David was blessed, was there an effect further than his own heart? When it says that God blessed David was there an effect that that was communicated to someone or something or some people outside of David? Was, or I'll put it this way, was David's kingdom blessed as well? What about Solomon? When God blessed Solomon did it have an effect outside of Solomon? Or how about Hezekiah? Or let's change gears entirely. When God blessed Peter We he blessed Paul. Was the Lord's blessing on these men. Something that had an effect outside of them. To others as well. Oh my point to you is this. Ultimately. Ultimately. The Lord blesses. That we might rejoice. But. Also. That we might be a glory. To the Lord Jesus. What I'm saying to you is not a concept that is new. In fact, it is the first of the catechism questions. What is man's chief end? What is man's chief end? I just said it to you in reverse order, but it's the same thing. Man's chief end is what? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I said it the other way, too. I said that we might rejoice or enjoy the Lord, but also be of glory to God. Do you understand that the blessings that Christ Jesus puts upon you is for you to be able to rejoice in your God as you are able to now know that you're accepted with God, go on with God, commune with God, know the Lord's graces and strengthenings in your own heart, but also that you might have an effect outside of yourself that truly is glorifying to God. me read to you something that proves what i'm trying to say ephesians chapter one perhaps some of you even know these verses by heart ephesians chapter one verse 11 and following it says in whom also we have obtained an inheritance speaking of god in christ jesus being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. We have been chosen by God. We have been saved by God. We have been sealed by God for the glory of Christ Jesus to be his inheritance, but also for the glory of God that stands before the world among all the nations, verse 2 says of our text, as a light. So why was this blessing bestowed that you might rejoice but that you might have a light that can shine before men the ironic blessing is not something that just is on your head all alone it is for that purpose of giving glory to god building the kingdom of christ yes and then allowing you to be able to rejoice well I come to my last thought and with this we're done What are we to do, therefore? What are we, therefore, to do? Well, verse 3 is our answer. Verse 3 says, let the people praise thee. O God, let all the people praise thee. We are then to praise. I've got a very simple question. What does it mean? to praise what does it mean to praise is praising god only to sing a song or is praising god only to say some certain words i want you to understand this praise is A response. Praise is a reaction. To what is meditated on. And reflected upon. In the heart of the saint. As you have a work. In you being done. You are thinking about. You are going over. You are meditating. You are pondering. You are applying to yourself. The mercies of the God that you find then there's a reaction. Without the mind, and I'm saying this very seriously to you, without the mind and heart esteeming the Lord Jesus and His mercy to you specifically, there will not be true praise. For praise also includes thankfulness. What are you saying, brother? I'm saying this. That unless you in your heart are reflecting upon what Christ Jesus has done for you, unless there is a mulling over within you of what you have received from the hand of your God, unless there is a working up in you, as it were, a thankfulness, a gratitude, an appreciation of what Christ Jesus has done for you, what you offer back to God is not praise, really. This may sound somewhat hard, but I mean it with my whole heart. The mindless, and I underscore that word, the mindless noise that is often seen in the church today has little to do with praise and truth. For the reason I just said, Praise requires a meditation, a reflection, an esteeming of the person of the Lord Jesus and what he has done for you personally. As a reaction to that, your heart opens and there comes forth thanksgiving. And perhaps a number of different ways, whether it's singing or praying, or praising God by telling somebody else what Christ has done for you. You say, are you sure that this, you're on the right line with us? Let me just give you an example of true praise. Luke chapter 17, verse 15 says, You know this incident. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet. Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now you know who I'm talking about. You know that there were nine others that went on their way. Do you think that of the nine others. That one of them maybe. Said. This is wonderful glory to God. Do you think anybody would have said that. Do you think there would have maybe been rejoicing in the hearts of the nine as they found out that they were healed? Why did the Lord Jesus say, "Where are the other nine to return and give thanks to God"? I think it's because what He saw in this man, in this man's heart, was an evidence of what in the mind and heart of God true praise is, and that is indeed a reflecting, "I have been healed of God." There's been a work done in me. And I turn back and I esteem the one who's done it for me. And I come to his feet. And I, as it were, fall on my face. And I give him thanks. The Lord Jesus says, that's praise. We are, therefore, to praise the Lord. For the blessing that he presents upon our hearts and heads. I simply say then in concluding this thought the blessing that we read of today that we read of in number six is the blessing that is in the work of Christ and the more you set your heart and mind on that the more you will discern the shining, of God let me say that one last time the more you set your heart and mind on what Christ Jesus has done the more you will discern the shining face of God well amen may the Lord bless his word to us today for Jesus sake. let's all pray Our Father and our God, again this morning, we are glad to look into your word. We're thankful, Lord, that your word is whole. That it is not something that says one thing, one place, and then contradicts itself someplace else. But there is a common message. And the message is all about Christ Jesus. So that we know that when he said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book that it is written of me, we know that the whole of the book speaks the same we pray O God that as we would be those who would love to live as it were under the light of the countenance of our God we pray that you will help us to be those who continue in our hearts and habits to reflect on what the Lord Jesus has done and therefore with thankfulness are able to rejoice in the blessing of our God Lord, now I pray that you will seal to our hearts the good of having been in your word today. Bless it. Move within us, we pray, that we might be those who indeed have lights that more brightly shine before men, that you might be glorified. We pray this all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.